Get your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture With Stick Around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around we got, we got, we got, we got bullshit, pirate ships inside our DNA, controversial opinion, no religion in our DNA, we got extra much or cheddar gruyere in our DNA, listening, reading, watching, playing in our DNA, we talk shit on a weekly basis, try to make sense of the world, it was an unexpected byproduct that we got, all the girls, hey we're bigger than Shaquille, slam dunking reviews like it's not real, bridging gaps like the infinity, we got the strength of Sheffield Steel! Sponsored by the Mother Jembe's, whose long-awaited second album will be out in the, sometime in the next ten years. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, welcome to Stick Around. Uh, you're here for music episode, I want to say, like about 18, 19, 20 maybe? Sounds right. Mm, pretty high. <coughs> pretty high, yeah. Yeah. That was one of the best taglines we've had yet, Clive. And uh, <laughs> well, I spent the entire train journey instead of doing notes for this podcast working on that. So and you nailed it first time as well. So. Yeah. Well, was... I don't know. I wasn't too happy with some of the delivery. Might, re- <laughs> might re-record it. When I did it on the train, it was way better. One of the chicks opposite was like, oh, "Wow!" <laughs> she was asking for my number straight off. Well, um, sweet. Did you like my um, Stockton Bridge reference there? I did. Yeah. Good. I <laughs> if you get it. <laughs> If anybody like the Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> If anybody uh, is wondering why they can hear the sound of the sea, it's because we're broadcasting from a pirate galleon for for the first time. Strictly for <laughs> also, tax also referred in the uh, tagline. Yeah. So. Um, we're here. With, I'm here with music expert Michael Johnson. Hello. Uh, music expert Clive Fisher. Hi. Uh, music expert James Cable. Yo. And controversial opinion expert, Josh Keefer. He's here for his first podcast that isn't books. Yeah, I would like to say thank you for for the invite. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this new experience. Right, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Um, First of all, is anybody else um, finding that broadcasting from a boat is weird? Anybody get any pirate vibes? Cable's looking a bit green. I'm getting yeah, I'm feeling a bit seasick to be honest. Yeah, I think Michael. I might. I think Michael's got scurvy. I'm trying to keep my eye on the horizon out the window. Window. Yeah. I mean, well, what's it called? Pirate ship we've got. What's it called on a pirate ship? Porthole. Porthole. It's a hole. It's not got a glass. Our our good our good mate Bobby Mugabe offered to host the podcast, but um. You know, PR disaster the last time. Uh, <laughs> what's his uh, What's his pirate galleon called? Oh no, he was just offering to host us in the country. Um, oh right, okay. <laughs> so he's not got a galleon. Yeah, look, we're now a pirate state. <laughs> look, we are beholden to no government, no tax system here. Um, anyway, let's get things kicked off. Michael Johnson, what have you got for us? Well, I thought. I'd- Better talk about the new Kendrick Lamar album, and uh, I'm feeling it even more after that <laughs> intro. <laughs> um, I remember talking about his last uh, his last studio album, anyway, to Pimp a Butterfly on the podcast, and um, this is quite a different album. That album was an instant classic, really. Um, came out fully formed and very confrontational in its political approach, packed full of ideas. Um, and this this album is um, well straight away I'll say it, I think it's a, another brilliant album, but it's a lot different. Um, it's just as panoramic, just as widescreen. There's some very high concept tracks, especially towards the end of the album. But it seems to be it, it seems in terms of topics, it seems that Kendrick's focused on loyalty, family, friends, his legacy. Even though it's probably or I certainly hope so, quite early in his career still. And obviously they're a lot different to the, the central topic of To Pimple Butterfly, which was essentially uh, the black experience in America. Um, but this this album, I'm finding that 
with with the pimple butterfly it was more a case of the al- the album hit you immediately but then you felt like well personally i felt like wow i'm going to be listening to this a lot but i'm going to have to make time to listen to it in its entirety at certain intervals whereas this one seems to break down more easily um and if anything i've found myself going back to it more because it's a bit more mysterious to try and figure out exactly where he's coming from on this one there's quite a mix of producers some of them more mainstream this time. Um, I think it was clear that it was going to be a much different album from Humble, the lead track, which is sponsor, uh, sponsored, produced by Mike Will Made It, who is a more mainstream producer than a lot of the artists that Kendrick's worked with in the past. Not all, but a lot of them. Um, and that very much uses a beat that's, I would say, reminiscent of some of the blockbuster beats Dr. Dre used to use for Eminem's lead singles. Um, comes off very similar to that. Um, so it had that sort of vibe to it. Um, the the guests on the album are basically limited to Rihanna and U2, which are quite a strange combination. Wasn't expecting to see U2 on the guests um, when the tracklist was released, but that works pretty seamlessly. <laughs> Me neither. Get it? I like it. I like that song. Yeah. I think it's good. No one got it. <laughs> right, um, I wasn't on. listening. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, yeah, um, so we've, we've, we've urged, I think the thing with Kendrick is that all of his tracks are imbued with so much character. Um, he really, he seems to have quite an underrated art for hooks. I mean, some of the tracks on this album are very accessible, um, especially compared to some of the things on not just A Pimple Butterfly, but Untitled Unmastered, the collection of tracks and leftover material from the sessions for the previous album that was released that was influenced heavily by spoken word, but... Tracks on the new album like Love and God and Loyalty, which is the track featuring Rihanna, are very much pop songs. But I thought God is, for one example, is arguably an even more emotional experience than anything Kendrick's done before. I found it um, quite affecting as a track. And um, so that, that's interesting. The, the fact that he can be that accessible, um, yet also experimental, is really key to why he's become such a massive artist. Um, Track the closing track Duckworth is worth um, mentioning. Don't know if everyone's aware that Duckworth is his real surname. Uh, you can see why he changed that one for uh, like for the stage. What you yeah. mean, like Vera? What was that? Sorry, like Vera Duckworth. Yeah, like Jack and Vera. <laughs> yeah, the very same. Um, and my son. Rest in peace. <laughs> but the uh, yeah that last track. Um, I mean, I won't spoil it, but it's got a very interesting narrative to it. Reminded me of some of um, Nas's tracks, like One Mike, Undying Love. Um, so it's a, it's a very varied album that, as I said, isn't as, as you can probably tell from what I'm saying, isn't as easy to get into and tackle in terms of the topics it covers as some of his previous work has been, which, in a way, as I say, makes it all the more interesting. But I still think it was, um, it's been an instant hit. Uh, I mean, To Pimp a Butterfly is arguably my favourite album of the decade, so... I don't know where this is going to compare to it in the long run. But um, as much as this is going to annoy everyone, I know, um, I will have to mention that I did see Kendrick headline Coachella just a few weeks ago. Oh, you don't so, say. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you went to Coachella. Just going to drop that in there, yeah. Um, I thought you were, um, I can't remember what else you were doing, but it wasn't Coachella. Oh, you were recording your TV series, uh, oh, yeah. an, in- an intellectual at home. <laughs> Apart from the episode where I tried to drive to London, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I can't remember where I was. Coachella. Yeah, I mean, for me, he was the best act of the festival. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm biased in that he is one of my favourite artists. But it was, you know, I think it was a a chance to see an artist at the peak of of his abilities. And I think... Certainly, I was. I'm aware that I'll have been privileged to have seen him um, at this time of his career, um, as time goes by. So, and to see him just a week after this album had come out, and to see how it had obviously connected with so many people already, um, was um, was a great experience. But for, yeah, for me, this is um, as I say, perhaps it's a little more confusing and perplexing than some of his previous material at first. But I still think it's a very strong album. Cool. Smashing. Um, I haven't heard this one yet because I'm yet to rip it from Michael, but uh, hopefully this weekend. Um, Clive, I'm not going to rip it anymore. You can get it off the internet. No one's going to track you. We're on a fucking boat. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, we're (laughs) literally pirating it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Just in life now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'm not going to download it. We're going to, you know, you know, we're just going to steal it from another ship. We're just going to fire our cannons off, send Clive <laughs> off in there, and uh, get some physical copies. I thought that Can Clive we raid would... like one of the freighters carrying loads of CDs? That would be a cool. Yeah, way to yeah. We'll we'll get ourselves some CDs. You know. Uh, I heard that Clive had bought the vinyl edition. Debatable. <laughs> did, did did you really? Yeah, he said that the sound quality was better. <laughs> Sorry, um, no, I didn't. I don't have any vinyl. I've actually got one vinyl, but no player. So. Is, it, is, is this? He's some... trying to reference my trying <laughs> my uh, my vinyl rant. Not that I've ever had a vinyl rant. I don't. Can really we hear your vinyl rant? rant? I'd be quite interested to hear it. I can confirm that it was a rant. When was this? When rant? was it? Um, I don't know, but Paul was involved in it. <laughs> uh, it been a I think it was a. Rant. I'm not going to do my rant. That was the rant. Mm. Can we? I, really I want to hear this rant. Yeah, I, I want. I want to because I probably have a different opinion than you. I want to. Um, I want to hear your opinion. Right. So I would right. look at this. It's now. I'm now generating controversial opinions in other people. <laughs> it's not that controversial. Ugh. <laughs> um, oh, right. The my rant. Um, well, it's it's not really a rant. It's more just a personal opinion. I don't <laughs> like. I was going to get into. Getting vinyl, but then I decided that I figured it, and when I went to people's houses and listened to them, it always pissed me off that you have to turn it around halfway around. And um, <laughs> I mean, I might have shitty ears, but I can hear no discernible difference. And then people always quote this. I just I get annoyed at people who quote, um, "Oh, but Bert, this is a genuine thing that I've had two vinyl people quote at me." Um, research shows that birds respond to vinyl bird song, but not digital bird song. Like, well, I'm not a fucking bird. <laughs> Can I just <laughs> see? Uh, and I get the like, it's a bit more of an experience, but I get the same thing from putting a CD in a CD tray and playing that, and then I don't have to turn it over halfway around, and it sounds to me the same. And it, in terms of qu- actual quality, it's the same. It just doesn't have crackling on it. In fact, the CDs are actually in terms of sound quality, better quality, in terms of, like, you know, objective standards. But quite often the CDs are mastered to have less dynamics because they're listen- we're listening to in cars, or well, that's historically, I think, why. Whereas vinyl is more... You can't listen to it in a I car, think, so it I doesn't think there's need a to be constantly as loud. Which, about w- what's actually the best quality, but... Yeah, because it isn't really obvious, as people always seem to think it is. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I just, like... I'd, I'm totally fine with vinyl, like, listen to vinyl. I just don't, like... There are some people who, like... When they say I listen to a CD, they like think that I'm listening to some inferior quality sound. And I, just, I, I, I just think that's like snobbery, and it does my head in because it's not. I I've, collect vinyl, but I don't think I'm snob- snobbish about it. No, I don't, that's I don't, fine. I don't say oh, vinyl's the only way to listen to music <laughs> or anything because I think that's stupid. Yeah. But I just like I, the reason I do it is because I wanted to collect it. I don't want to, I sort of wanted to pay back to the music industry where I've been stealing from for so many years. But I've, I back in the day, I used to download loads and loads of songs, and now. Now I use Spotify, and I also wanted to buy my favorite album, so I thought, and I, I sort of like the idea of having having it, and like you said, putting it on, and yeah, so, yeah, that's cool. But I'm not like it's no props. I'm not a dick about it. Yeah, <laughs> no. Unlike it's, me, also, I only listen to vinyl. Yeah, Josh, Josh is one of these dicks. <laughs> Every time he buys somebody, he's like, "Oh, I've got that on vinyl." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the, that's the one thing that annoys like, when people go constantly, "Oh, I've got that on vinyl." It's like, yeah. Don't right. really bother. So I just w- want to know what your opinion on the album. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I've got no like you know major problem. It's fine, but I think it should be fine not to listen to it and to still be. So uh, if if I'm hearing you right, Clive, you're saying it's fine, but if you're a vinyl collector, you're basically a wanker. Is that is that a fair assumption? <laughs> of what no, you're saying? You're I think vinyl snob. Vinyl snob is what Clive has. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I have a, I have an issue with vinyl, snob, particularly ones who. Like, you know, I'm a sound engineer, so I think I know rough... I can tell the difference between sound probably better than most people, and I can't hear a bloody difference, so I think most people just make it up. I read, it, I read a thing noise. recently which was basically saying that vinyl definitely doesn't sound... Isn't def- definitely isn't the best sounding format, and yeah. it's a lot... I, I blame I mean, Nicolas Cage. Anyway, I blame Nicolas Cage. <laughs> he is at fault for a bit. But yeah, so that's my... Anyway, you yeah. know, listen, listen to music how you want to listen to it, but don't parade around that you're better than someone just because you've got it on vinyl basically that's the issue I have with it that's anyway. the issue I have with it not vinyl itself anyway uh, to let's uh, steer the ship back on course what did you think of the latest Kendrick Lamar album um, again I've got another controversial opinion on this it's wank no it's not that's not my opinion my opinion is this I listen to it and I get to DNA 
and Cable's just heard this because I just said it to him <laughs> in the car. And then I'm like, oh, this is, like, DNA's literally probably hands down my favourite track of the year, and I love it. And then I get to the next song, I'm like, oh, this is boring. And then I just play DNA again 15 times. <laughs> and then, um, so I've barely listened to the rest of the album. And I have listened to the rest of the album a fair bit, but nothing else has jumped out. DNA, for me, just stands out like head and shoulders above the rest of it. I just find it way more exciting. And yeah, it's probably because I haven't delved into the little content as much, but that's often not what I do. So, but I've been listening to other older Kendrick and I'm getting into that probably more than this one. But I do, like I say, absolutely love DNA. I think it's a fantastic song. And maybe that's why I haven't listened to the <laughs> rest of the album as much, because it's got a song on it that's that good that I find it hard to pay attention to the rest of it. But yeah, so that's my kind of opinion on it. I will give it more of a go, hopefully. But... Yeah, I'm so happy it's out just because of DNA. Because yeah, lovely. Isn't it? Any any that thoughts, Cable? I really like it. I, whenever I listen to Kendrick, I'm always sort of blown away by how good he is at rapping and the way, you know, the way he uses his voice and everything. And yeah, I really, really like it. I think yeah, the U, the U2 uh, feature, like I said, it, I thought it was really good. It, it was unexpected, and I really liked it. Um, yeah, it's just really good. Um, Michael pretty much said it all. Josh Keefley, any opinions on this? I've not listened to it, but um, I, I, I think that, um, like, like I say, I've not heard it, but um, Rihanna, I think that her voice goes really well on rap songs. Like, generally, you know, obviously I can't speak about this specific one on Kendrick Lamar's album, but generally speaking, I think that her vocals go really well with rap songs, so. Cool. I don't know what so anyone else's opinion of that is, but um, yeah. maybe it might be worth listening to. I was to a big fan of, of her on, uh, you know, that Eminem song where he goes on about window pane, which is still my favourite rap lyric. <laughs> I was uh, I was saying to Clive earlier uh, that... Um, I think I know a better one that you'd like more. Uh. <laughs> what is it? Uh, Biggie. I've got the mean, it's clean, it's penis. <laughs> yeah, that's good, but like in a different way. That's why they call it window pain, is my personal. I was, I don't know, I, it's just something good about it. I was saying to Clive earlier about Kendrick, um, Michael sort of touched on the fact that he, there's so much in his songs and like, he, there's so many references and he's sort of referring to so many different things that I find it quite in- intimidating to listen to it because I'm like, I'm never going to be able to get everything in this song. And I read stuff about it afterwards and I'm like, oh yeah, I would never have got that. That's interesting. I would never understood that. Hmm. And like, I listen to it and obviously you can listen to it on different levels and like you can enjoy it in different ways, but I, I always, I'm always blown away by him and I always think, fucking hell, how am I going to ever get, like, understand all of this? It's going to take forever to listen to it hundreds and hundreds of times and you still wouldn't understand everything. Which is in it, which is really, really cool. And it's really, like, yeah, it's really amazing, but it is a bit intimidating. So mm. yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's because everyone, like, raves about him and I've yet to kind of get into him as well as anyone else. And I think that's part of the reason I love DNA as well, because it's like, I listen to it and I'm like, oh, I love a song by Kendrick Lamar. So I feel like a more more of a person. Because, you know, I feel like a proper... You feel validated. I feel validated as a music listener because... And then I'll get to the next track, I'm like, I don't really like it. And I feel like I'm a shit music listener because everyone else is raving about it. Um, and then I put DNA back on and feel better about myself. So that's probably part <laughs> of the reason. I don't think you can be a shit music listener, Clive. <laughs> no, it's not Regardless possible. of what you like. But yeah, but everyone raves about him, literally. Just in so, case you know, um, anyone lives in a cave, we should probably mention that the album's called Damn, just so we look professional. Because I didn't oh, yeah. mention that. <laughs> Michael, Damn. Mike, when have we ever tried to look professional? I don't Fair think it's going to work. Fair Our folks looking quite professional. Got a um, nice little stick on yeah. the flag. It's looking clean. It's, well, it was clean. Well, it will until... be until I throw up from seasickness. <laughs> <laughs> Getting pretty uh, tipsy. Anyway, that was a uh, yeah, good. Right, good. I'm glad you reviewed that, Michael. Mainly because I'm in the show. Anyway, steering the ship <laughs> back on course, Al. Come on. Right. <laughs> well. Anyway, steering the ship round, uh, we'll move it back to uh, Scunthorpe. Is it today, Clive? Yeah, let's say Scunthorpe. No, no, yeah, Scunthorpe. We're, we're mysterious. Yeah, we're mysterious. <laughs> Some, somewhere in the in the Scunthorpe area. No, that's not mysterious enough. <laughs> All three of us are in one room. It's more mysterious than just saying Scunthorpe. In the Bermuda Triangle of Culture that is Scunthorpe, <laughs> uh, here is wow. Josh Keefley with his oh, first... Okay. Oh, that was unexpected. <laughs> I'm unprepared. You're not. You've got the CD. Yeah, I've the got CD the CD in front of me. Yeah. He's got this on CD, <laughs> but not vinyl. Just read out the, read, read out the lyrics. I'll just read the album to you. <laughs> Sounds better on vinyl, Josh. <laughs> Um, so I am reviewing a CD called... This is my only review, by the way. That's fine. <laughs> um, well, I can do more if you like, but <laughs> this is the only one I've prepared. <laughs> um, the Front Bottoms is the band. The album is called Talon of the Hawk. Uh, 
It was released in 2013, but it came to my attention sometime last year, I think. I remember you playing um, it. Yeah, last I year, yeah. played it to Clive some sometime these, last year. Some of these are on our, our playlist. Aren't yeah, they? some yeah. of them are on mine and Cable's playlist, which is obviously full of excellent music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my mum has discovered today our our um, sixth form yearbook. So I was reading the various entries, um, and Clive wrote mine, and he said in it that um, that um, my music taste is defined as um, three cards and the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I punk rock, <laughs> and like when we were at school, I think you know, punk rock sort of thing was definitely the genre of choice for me, which I kind of moved away from a bit. Um, you know, as I sort of got older, and my music taste became a lot more diverse. And I think that um, Clive kind of, I would say, fairly recently got into quite a lot of pop punk bang, pop punk bands. And I um I listened to, you know I listened to quite a few of them through him and it kind of um, reminded me I suppose of the music that I used to listen to when I was younger and I would say that probably it is still my favourite genre so um, I would say that the front bottoms probably are um, in that genre you know punk, pop punk they are a little bit different because I think that instrumentally they're a little bit more interesting and a little bit more varied it's definitely not straight down the middle pop punk no it's definitely like not alt pop punk yeah maybe. definitely yeah. it's not just a case of you know like three cards and the truth you know that was like a, a punk rock slogan because basically all they did was just play a few cards on a guitar have some drums and that was that but the front bottom is definitely a much more varied instrumentally much more interesting I would say but then at the same time the songs are just sort of like good sing-along catchy songs they're good ones this album i think is definitely the best it's one of the three it's one of three that i have um the most recent uh uh, well you know not yet but (laughs) my shipment is imminent i thought you only listened to them (laughs) yeah well you know you're going back so how have you listened to them um yeah obviously i've been caught up in my web of lies (laughs) um and now i've been put of course uh, Alex Wayne, steer me back on course. Steer back on course. There you go. That's not helped. Okay. Yeah. I think. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The mostly. The most. Actually, that it actually worked. <laughs> um, <It's> that noise. <laughs> Somehow it just sort of clicks in the brain. <laughs> the most recent album, in my opinion, is overproduced and. The sort of like I don't know it, it's wrong in the balance you know somewhere like in the mix it's wrong. It's nice to sound like Clive I think. Well, you know, <laughs> good. <laughs> but this time. album is look is much better, much more simply produced in my opinion. And my opinion is, uh, you know, I'm not. Great. Uh, well, yeah, I wouldn't say great. I'd probably say the opposite of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, th- this album Too includes modest. some of my uh, favorite songs, um, specifically "Swear to God, The Devil Made Me Do It." Which I think is a really, really good song. Um, Can you sing part of it? Uh, hmm. Um, oh, it's a really good bit. It's a really <laughs> good lyric, and it was a lyric that I actually thought, "Ooh, I'm going to get that tattooed on me," which doesn't happen very often. There's like an Alkaline Trio <laughs> lyric that I thought that about, and a Mumford and Sons lyric that I thought that about, and and also a Rolling Stones lyric. <laughs> so that the fact that the front bottoms are in that, you know, that's pretty yeah, big league arena is like, like that's the biggest. Um, that's the biggest selling point that I can say, really. You know, they're one of four bands that I would be willing to have tattooed on myself. <laughs> yeah, that is something for, for the box. Uh, hmm, okay, okay. Now I'm going to find out that it's the wrong song. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it might be. Unprofessional, isn't it? Probably because you listen to it on CD. Yeah, you know, I couldn't hear the lyrics properly because of the poor sound quality. <laughs> if only my vinyl copy had arrived, I wouldn't be having this problem. <laughs> Is anybody else a fan ah. of the front bottoms while Josh is searching for this you, lyric? I, I really like the songs which you put on our playlist. Whenever they come on, whenever they come on I sing along. I, yeah, so. I need to listen to... Uh, I'm going to listen to this now. Properly. I'm a big fan of I've the band name it. as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously the band name, <laughs> would, that caught my attention. No, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to claim to be mature. It's, it's along a similar uh, vein to uh, Passion Pit, which I didn't realise for like the first two albums when I was listening to Passion Pit. Then I realised... Oh, wow, you've just ruined them. Passion Pit probably means the same thing. Ass. Well, front bottom. Depends, doesn't it, I suppose. <laughs> Is it not that song? No, it's point. not that song. Are you sure it's I not that song? Right. Although I think, you know, I think that the song title is pretty good. I swear to God, the devil made me do it. Yeah. Oh, 
What is... Heavenly bodies make me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Is that in there? Is it in there? Heavenly bodies make the devil a little uncomfortable. It's not in that one. Oh, well, it's a good song. That song, <laughs> whatever song it is that I'm talking about. Right. Find out. It is by the front bottom, so at least I'm part of the way there. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Michael, Michael, have you Santa heard... Monica, that's from Santa Monica. Santa Monica, so Santa which Monica, is, song, which is also that. on this album, so uh, I apologise for my faux pas. I, uh, I, if I'm never invited back to this podcast, then... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to cut you. Uh, then I'll yeah. accept that. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, are you a friend, uh, fan of the Front Bottoms, or have you even heard them? Never heard of them, but I want to now. Or not even of them, right? Okay. No. Are you a fan of? I'm quite pleased, actually. <laughs> I'm very impressed by Michael Johnson and his vast range of music, musical taste. So I'm glad that I've reviewed a, a band that he's never heard of. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about being cool. Uh, cool. Yeah. It does. I want to listen to this properly because I always enjoy it when you've got them on in the car, but I've yet to listen to them outside of your yeah. car. Yeah. Although that was a, not this album that Clive listened to in my car, so this is definitely a better album. Yeah, um, yeah. Talent of the Hawk. It's the uh, like I say, I've got three of them. When did you say it came out? Two thousand and fourteen. Oh, right. So yeah, this is yeah. They're just great, sort of like sing along, pretty, you know, happy, um, uplifting, good to listen to, fun to listen to. I think uh, that's what got good pop punks like. How yeah. many bodies make the devil feel uncomfortable? Yeah, that is my favourite. That's my yeah. favourite lyric, which is from the song S- Santa Monica. Yeah. All mm. oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to just know that. I'm so impressed. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Was that the one? Was like emotional baby boy. Da, 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 da. Emotional man. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, we've it's a good a, song. We've got a rendition of it. Um, you were going to say? Yeah, well, mo- moving on, we're going to stick in uh, the Scunthorpe area. Clive, yeah, what, what, going what, to? Clive, what have you got for us? Well, um, beautiful segue here. Josh's album was released in 2014, so was this. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a segue. What can it all mean? <laughs> it's the same album. Um, <laughs> I've, my album is the favourite album I've listened to this year, but it's not from this year. It's Cloud Nothings, Here and Nowhere Else, which came out in 2014, like I've already said. Um, I listened to this when it first came out in 2014, which is three years ago. Good maths. Didn't get it back. For some reason, I didn't get into it. I think I just didn't listen to it enough, or I was an idiot, or I'm not sure. <laughs> Could probably both. Um, it's an idiot. Now, and I listened to it. It was one of those that just hit me, and I was like, I love this. On the first, it wasn't my first listen, obviously, because like I said, I listened to it before, but my first re-listen. And I just love it. And I'm now gonna re- I'm gonna read on rate you music. I've done a review of it, so I'm gonna read that out, and then I'm gonna be a bit more improvisational. So here's the professional bit. It's an ear-batteringly powerful and fast onslaught with hooks left, right, and centre, all finished off in spectacular song. In a sp- in the spectacular song, um, what doesn't make any sense? Professional. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all finished off in spectacular fashion. In one of my favourite songs ever. I'm not part of me. Um, it's got really great live-sounding production. You know, you can't appreciate music unless you've got a uh, diploma in sound engineering. Did you say that in the review? No, that's that's the point. <laughs> are, are you I'm being I'm being a sound engineering knob. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sound engineer. They're worse than vinyl wankers. <laughs> um, great live-sounding production and a superbly unreined performance on drums. You know, the guy is, he's off the chain. He's just he's like a head. Again, you've got to be a drummer to appreciate music properly. Um, he's like he's ahead of the beat all the time, and he's just like pulling the band along. And it's really, really kind of. It just gives it this kind of like feel of how it's all going to fall apart in a minute. A little bit like Joyce Manor does sometimes, which I like. Um, and I wrote, "I'm so glad I gave this another shot." I just love the kind of raw punk energy this has. It doesn't ever slow down. Dylan Baldy's just like that's the lead singer. Fuck it, I'm just going for it. Um, I was a big fan of the album before this, Attack on Memory, and this is very different. But I think on it's more of a grower, this. And the more I listen to it, the more I like it. And I think I now probably prefer it to that album. It's probably less varied, but it's just half an hour of like pure punk, in-your-face um, brilliance, in my opinion. And it kind of does what the Cloud Nothings do so well, which is ever since the start of their more sort of poppy uh, start... Dylan Baldy when he was just kind of doing stuff on his own 
He had a very poppy sound. It wasn't particularly heavy punk before Attack on Memory. Um, he's very. He just does chor- quite a lot of his songs are just built on choruses. It'll be like one chorus followed by another chorus. And it's just ca- everything catchy. Not necessarily choruses, but just like the verses are as catchy as the choruses. And I think the song, which I've talked about being one of my favourite songs ever, um, I'm Not Part of Me, is like the ultimate Cloud Nothing song for that. Because it's like, oh, this is a really catchy hook. Oh, here comes another even better catchy hook. And then the main chorus is like, just awesome. It's just one catchy part to the next catchy part. And I think it's just a really, really brilliant end to the album. And it also finishes, it doesn't do that stupid, annoying thing of, oh, we're going to finish on an introspective acoustic track. It's like, we're going to finish on the most screamy track and just go out with a bang, and I really like that. Um, so, yeah, I just, I'm a huge, huge fan of this album. It's short and sweet, like punk albums should be, and there's nothing that I would take off it, or it never really lets up. It's just, a, like I say, an onslaught of Clive, which, punk. which songs would I know off this album? Because I definitely know it, but... You might know I'm Not Part of Me. What's that song, what's the song which I you got me into the Cloud of Things with? Probably. Is um, it off this album? No, it'll be on Attack on Memory. Okay, so maybe I don't know this That's one as well. That's the album you know. And I know the new one quite well. But um, my favourite songs are Psychic Trauma, obviously mm. I'm Not Part of Me, and Pattern Walks, which some people people are always like, oh, Pattern Walks isn't, is like a shitter version of um, what's that one? That we always equate to being like sex. Yeah, that's the song <laughs> the I build up song. Yeah, what song's that off? It's on Attack on Memory. Okay. But anyway, there's a song on there which does the thing of like starting off really boisterously, then it has a sort of breakdowny bit which builds can, up yeah. back into. And Psychic. Uh, psychic Clive psychic and I developed a whole thing about like making love to that song. <laughs> <laughs> we made love what, to together? it. together? No, we, we didn't make love to it together. We sort of like imagined it. No, as, we did. You imagined <laughs> like, making We imagined the song as like. Stop digging. Yeah, describe it without it being. Yeah, digging yeah, a hole. Yeah, just let Especially when you're wearing. We made clothes. love to it. Basically, go out there. Basically, the song is like sex. When right. we're with Clive. Up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it pattern walks. They were like, oh, it's like a shitter version of that. But I don't think it is. I think it's different. And yeah, I think people always try and compare things to other things, particularly if it's by the same band. It's only natural. But I think this is like a quite a different direction and all their albums have been very different the new one I'm slightly less of a fan of I still like it but I don't think it's up there with these two Attack of Memory and the one I'm reviewing now but yeah I really think if you haven't heard of The Cloud and the Things and I think there's a fair few people out there who haven't they should check them out I think they're a really good addition to the punk scene it reminded me a lot of um, In Utero not necessarily in sound but in its kind of balls to the wall nature and some of the production as well, which is kind of weird because it was their previous album, Attack on Memory, which was produced by the same guy who did in utero. Um, Steve, Steve Albini, Albini, really? Yeah. Mm. Their previous album was, yeah. In utero is one of the my best favorite. produced rock albums ever made, I'd say. Yeah, so, I, he's, yeah. The, he's basically my favourite um, like sound engineer, producer guy. Yeah. But um, this one's actually... I don't know. I don't think it's better, but it works better for this album, definitely. It's And it's got a different sound to it. Like The drums are less up front, but they still are. But, um, yeah, I just think it's weird. It sounds kind of more in utero than the previous album, which is weird because <laughs> you'd have felt the opposite with the <laughs> right. producer being the same on the previous album. But I think, yeah, they definitely have a lot of parallels with Nirvana, so I think Nirvana fans should check them out. But they're also not the same at all. <laughs> <laughs> kind I... of. Uh, if you're a Nirvana fan, you'll have something to latch on to, but it's not just going to be the same thing, if you know what I mean. Cool. So go check it out. Is this uh, something Big you're? F- is this uh, some something you're familiar with, Michael? Uh, no, but I know. Att- is it Attack on Memory? I think that's their album that is the most famous. But I've never listened to them before. Certainly, it is. Yeah, and that's the one that Steve Albini produced. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'll have to get round to that at some point. Yeah. Sounds good. I'm pretty cool. sure you like it. It's good. Mm, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, sticking in the Scunthorpe region, uh, James Cable. What have you got for us today? Right, well, I'm, I'm um, <clears throat> recently I've been in, in a sort of like, I go through phases of listening to loads and loads of new music and then listening to loads of old music that I really, really love. And I've sort of been in one of those latter phases at the moment. And so this, um, I've got this record, I've actually got this record on vinyl and it sounds oh. fucking amazing. It's <laughs> all the crackling. Yeah. And what's, also, what's also a bit weird is it also came out in 2014 and I also oh, wow. recently rediscovered it. It is a bit weird, this common theme. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's Bombay Bicycle Club. Mm. Uh, it's a 2014 album, So Long, See You Tomorrow. See, I've, no- I've known 
Bombay for quite a while, and I've, I saw them at Glastonbury actually, and I re- they were really, really good. I, I did like them, but I didn't really, I wasn't really that into them, but I sort of knew of the songs, I really liked the songs whenever they came on and stuff. Um, and yeah, I saw them at Glastonbury, they were really, really good, and I just sort of hadn't, hadn't listened to them in ages, and then I was sat in my flat uh, listening to music with a couple of friends, and we were sort of listening to sort of classic indie albums, I guess, and so we listened to Block Party Plans, uh, li- listened to the Interpol album, Turn On The Bright Lights, and they also listened to this, and I hadn't really listened to it in a long time, and it sort of really hit me, um, and yeah, since then I've sort of been listening to it once or twice a week, and it's become my sort of feel-good album, uh, it's like I listen to it on a Sunday, I listen to it while I'm doing work and stuff, um, and so I'll just sort of explain why I think it's just really, really amazing. Um, so the song structure, um, there's highs, there's lows, ups and downs, the break, there's breakdowns, um, it's got a really interesting and natural flow, and there's fast and slow parts, and the, the whole album sort of flows, like ebbs and flows, and it's just really well, really well done, and um, some of, this, this album has some of my favourite starts and endings to songs, um, each one is very different and unique, and I just, I don't know, every time the song come, comes on, I'm just like, oh, that's fucking amazing, and then like when it ends, it's like, it's just ended perfectly. Um, it's got amazing dynamics. Um, it's pristine production. You can pick out every sort of every instrument and every note. Um, every What's inst- the production there? Uh, lots of uh, mentions of production today. I'm well, of this. you know, I'm not I'm not a fucking sound engineer, but <laughs> get out then. Uh, yeah, so ev- your opinions void. <laughs> um, every every instrument every instrument has moments where it's inventive and it's doing something. Interesting. Um, it's quite subtle, but it sort of keeps you interested as you're listening. Um, like every now and again, the drums will do something like different, or I don't know, the piano will do something interesting. Um, the album has its own distinct sound. I think um, you know it's got a distinct singing style, which I think they do as a band. Um, the tone and the feeling of the songs is all a certain sort of way. The way it's produced is a specific way, and there's a distinct sound as a, as the band. But also, each song has its own unique sound as well. I could probably pick out one or two, or two, probably two or three unique bits from every song, um, which sort of defines that song, but it also sort also fits into sort of the whole album sound. Um, for example, the song Feel You has like, has like an Indian-style sitar-type intro which goes out through the song, and that's like the only song which has that. But that, the album's really, really catchy. Every song is memorable, it gets stuck in my head. Uh, you can sing along, whistle along, make noises along to it. The song titles often are the hook to the song so like the whatever the song title is is a, part, a hook in the song or one of the hooks um, cool. the, the the subjects and the lyrics which are tackled in the songs are, I, I describe them as vaguely specific and what I mean by that is you can you can sort of easily <clears throat> apply them to whatever you want I mean they're clearly about like a specific thing or a specific moment in um, the guy's life but you can sort of apply them to your own um, experiences and stuff, which I thought was, I think is a really clever way of songwriting because I don't know you sort of you're talking about something specific, but then you're sort of making it appeal to everyone because like people yeah. can just um, apply it to their own experiences, which is something I really like. For example, the, the song Luna uh, is a song which is themed about night around night time, and it's clearly about like a love interest. But you can sort of the things that are said, you can sort of interpret them your own way. Mm. Like it says, um, "Wait for you to find out." But it's like, what are you finding out? So you can sort of apply it to whatever you think. Um, so yeah, everything about this album is just, it's very subtle and really nuanced. And like, it's not in your face. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's just really, really good. And I have listened to other albums a lot recently as well. And I'm sort of really getting into them as well again. So like, there's every chance that I might like listen to them and like them just as much as this. But yeah, this one's really hit me recently. And like, I've listened to it all the time. Cool. So, yeah. I was a fan of this back in 2014. I don't think I've listened to it anywhere near as much as you, so I don't have as much to say, but I was a fan. I also really like their, I think it's their first one, blue one with like a guy up in the air. Yeah. I forgot yeah. what it's called. That's really good. I wasn't so much a fan of the one in the middle, but I did love, there's a couple of songs in it I love. Mm. Um, one's called Shuffle, I think. I absolutely yeah. love that song. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of But he does have a unique singing style. It's quite like... Weak, but not in a bad way. Like yeah, it's kind I know of what you mean. Fragile. I was gonna say falsetto. But I'm not sure. It is yeah, falsetto. it's kind it's of kind of like high. Yeah. It's sort of like it's kind of as fragile. Without being as sexist, falsetto. it's like a bit of a girly singing yeah, voice. It is. Yeah. I don't know. Sexist. Ma- um, <laughs> Michael, Josh, any thoughts on this? Uh, I'm not a fan of Bombay Bicycle Club, so I'm gonna remain silent <laughs> out of respect. No, you can have your opinion. Say <laughs> yeah. what you think. It's. Controversial opinion type, well, probably not that controversial. We've had quite a lot of controversial opinions. Yeah. 
this episode too many, to be honest. Yeah, so Bombay Bicycle Club, good. I'm pleased that they've got an Indian sound in it, because with Bombay Bicycle Club, that's what you're expecting. Yeah. That's Mike, true, actually. I never, never made that link. <laughs> Mike, Michael, any, any thoughts? I've, I've never really listened to them, but I know a couple of people who are big fans of them who are always shocked that I've never listened to them. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because they claim you don't know music. The album cover's really cool as well, actually. It's like... I don't know, it's just really oh, it's stylized. Like, uh, it's like circles yeah. and they're like walking... They're, there's a person like in each circle walking around the kind of. side. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. It's green. Right. Okay, so back to Eagles Cliff, which is a branch, <laughs> a subdivision of Stockton Borough. Just a nice name, that is. I like it. Yeah, uh, Michael, what else have you got for us? Right, well, I'm going to quickly talk about... Um, my second favourite artist at Coachella, Boo, etc. Um, <laughs> You're only a proper music fan if you've been to Coachella. <laughs> Indeed. Um, right, well, I mean, I knew if Kendrick was good, he was going to be my favourite there, but I didn't know who was going to be my second favourite. But uh, that fell to Father John Misty, um, oh, yeah. uh, otherwise known as uh, Josh Tillman, former Fleet Foxes drummer who has released a lot of um, music as a folk artist over the years. Uh, this was He's just released his third album as Father John Misty, uh, Pure Comedy. Uh, most people either love or hate him based on the lyrical approach, which is very blunt and um, quite absurd at times, uh, but commenting usually on real-life situations. On the new album, he's really living up to um, the title of Father with a very preachy um set of absolutely excoriating lyrics about consumerism, material, materialism, and I mean, he's basically being appointed um, a reluctant liberal hero. He says that this album wasn't written um, as a response to Donald Trump, but he did storm off at a festival, can't remember which one, uh, in the US last year during a performance just after the Republican convention. So I think this album is going to be inseparable from this p- political moment, if you like, in America um, as time passes. Uh, I think to sum up the lyrical approach, I've got a lyric, the opening lyrics of the whole album from the title track, which is the first track. So I'm just going to read them out. Um, if you don't like these sort of lyrics, then this isn't the album for you. This is how it opens. Uh, the comedy of man starts like this. Our brains are way too big for our mother's hips. And so nature, she divines this alternative. We emerge half-formed and hope that whoever greets us on the other end is kind enough to fill us in. And baby, that's pretty much how it's been ever since. Now, the miracle of birth leaves a few issues to address, like, say, that half of us are periodically iron deficient. So you get the sort of, <laughs> you get the sort of idea of the lyrics from that, and that is a lyric I won't be getting tattooed on me, I've got to say. <laughs> Mike, Michael, the question is, can you think of a lyric that you would get tattooed on you? Oh, or if I you had know. to. Or if you had, let's put it this way, if you had to, give me a lyric. Bad and bougie. <laughs> Just across my back. That, that'll do, right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, um, so... Kellogg's uh, conflict cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. I w- <laughs> on your forehead. <laughs> if anyone, so if anyone would get that tattooed on them, here's a promise, I will pay for it. <laughs> Doesn't have to be on your forehead, anywhere you like. <laughs> anywhere on your body? Yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a massive Sleaford Mads fan I must point out it's uh, shredded wheat Kellogg's cunt so. uh, uh, I apologise just, just to be a pedant yeah well I'm, I'm not expecting to be invited back to uh, <laughs> two mistakes in one too, too many errors <laughs> um, yeah anyway uh, the, and the, se- the second track uh, Total Entertainment Forever um, in, already infamously opens with a lyric about having virtual reality sex with Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> but, um, the, uh, I mean, if you listen to Tillman in interviews, there's a lot more subtlety and thought than I think some of his lyrics suggest. I mean, the track, Things That Would Have Been Useful To Know Before The Revolution, is actually more of a comment on the failings of revolutions, which I think is, um, makes for quite an interesting track. The album, it's, it's full of um, basically huge tracks. It's a sprawling album over 70 minutes, so it's not for Clive. Um, there's that is the one thing that's put me off so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, the there's big string arrangements, horns. Um, Tillman's also touring with that sort of setup uh, for the live show. Uh, the centerpiece of the album, Leaving LA, is a massive 
folk number that starts off by imagining the big one finally hitting LA and goes from there. Um, I think the, the album is quite front-loaded, uh, a bit top-heavy, and trails off. The second half is a lot less energetic, I would say, with less sing-along moments. Um, but I'm willing to uh, forgive that for the amount of great ideas, especially lyrically, uh, throughout the album. I think this is the album where, as Father John Misty, he's really coming to his own lyrically for me, but for people who hate the lyrics, they'll probably feel the exact opposite and uh, feel it's all a bit wanky. But um, he's he's touring the shit out of this album in America. I noticed from his tour tour listings. So if, <laughs> was that his exact phrasing? I hope so. <laughs> well, it should be, shouldn't it? Yeah, get that on the poster. But I would say, from based on what I saw at Coachella, um, if you get the chance to to see him in a more intimate setting live, um, then you should take it. But I'm a big fan of this album. I'm loving it at the moment. Cool. Cool. Excellent. Uh, anybody else heard this? Any other thoughts? No, but I think I would like to listen to it. Same. I listened to a little bit of his previous album, but not enough. Um, I didn't give it enough of a chance, but I did like his. I do like his blunt lyrics. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a big, a big fan of blunt lyrics. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of James. I'm a big fan of James Blunt lyrics. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you're beautiful. <laughs> James, James, Blunt, James Blunt's latest album is actually quite good. What's the name of it? After Love, yeah. Brilliant name. Anyway, but I like yeah. There's one. There's the one of the songs on it. Um, he talks about how um, he's got ripped for being, you know, that sort of your beautiful song. It's quite funny. Some of it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's quite good. Interesting. We should tweet him because we should tweet him some ridiculous tweet because he might retweet it and we'll get loads of followers. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that should be our strategy. If you say something offensive to him, he usually retweets it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on, uh, Clive. What else have you got for us? I believe you've got another quick one. Um, I've got a quickie. Um, hang on. I was just going to go through some of my favourite albums from this year so far and just give a quick rundown. Um, one of my favourites so far is The Feelies with an album called In Between. I hadn't heard The Feelies before. I've heard, I think they're quite old and they've had quite a few albums. Um, this is definition of a grower it kind of takes time to like dig out the gentle hooks from the up at front kind of very dominating guitars which is weird it's just the production because the acoustic guitars up front are quite dominating in the mix which isn't obviously something that you're used to because usually acoustic guitars not a particularly up front thing uh, but I kind of like that in it and it made it more of a like I had to listen to it a few times and put effort in there to kind of get into the bottom of it but then when I got there I enjoyed it all the more it has a, it's got a really kind of velvet underground feel to it to me. I love how each track subtly builds on the last ending, um, perhaps a little overly long uh, reprise, but uh, with its excellent, almost raucous kind of ending. But they do what they do really well is they just do a lot with a little. Basically, it's like the chord patterns are really basic uh, quite often, and it's often the strum pattern is literally just like down, 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 down. Uh, but it works brilliantly and they just build up this kind of sound with this repetitive almost kind of mantra type sound because it's like the same thing over and over again and it reminded me a little bit of the way kind of electronic music often it operates where it does the same thing over and over again and then adds in little little things um, and I, I like that about it I think it was a really unique sounding album and so that's one of my favourites from this year particular fan of the songs Gone 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 Stay the Course and Make It Clear uh, another one and this is one Cable I know he's a fan of is Blank Mass uh, World Eater. Oh. Uh, Cable's talked about these before. They're an electronic, or he's a, it's just an electronic dude, right? Yeah, he's, he's one, of, one of the guys from Fuck Buttons. Right, yeah, one of the guys from Fuck Buttons. He makes electronic music. I'm, I'm pretty sure we, we may, I think we might have mentioned this before as well. You this definitely album. have, yeah. yeah. Not this album. I don't know if you've mentioned this album. Maybe, Maybe we have. Um, this it's is possibly f- contender for one of my favourite albums of the year so far. It's on my, yeah, I'm not going to say where to uh, I'd, I'd like to comment that this song was rated 8.3 out of 10. Um, yes, I was going to get into that. Incredibly concise, Mark. <laughs> I was going to get into that. I've got wanky pitchfork ratings for all the albums. Um, <laughs> it's my favourite electronic album for a long time. Um, I love how it blends electronic sounds with more like organic ones, and they kind of get kind of the album cover, which is like a real close up of a dog's mouth that looks quite grotesque, is kind of a good summary of the album. It creates this kind of strange, squishy, hellish atmosphere, the album, that's still kind of infinitely listenable. And really accessible, which is really surprising. But um, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I like the songs Please, Rhesus, Negative, The Rat, and Silent Treatment. Um, yeah, like I, like Josh says, I've given this an 8.3 out of 10. Can I add to this? 
briefly no. before you carry on. What no. do you want to add to it at the your, end? Your opinion's unvalid. No. What? No, go on. Go for it. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this album. Um, I listened to I didn't actually listen to an album to, to start off with, I listened to one or two songs, but then when, when I listened to the album and it's full, it's just like, from start to finish, it sort of really got to me. I listened to it on the way to work, and like, I've described sort of when I get the shivers from music before, and it's just like constantly, like every song gave me that, and then the last song is just like an explosion, it's just, yeah. Cable just like shivers and explodes. Almost crashed my car. <laughs> Jeez. It was that good. <laughs> well, that's what comes song's called Hive Mind. Mind, and it's just... It is good. It's so good. good. Um, I'd also add, I played this, I listened to Blank Mass while playing Doom. Um, and it's the I'm perfect soundtrack. Intense. Apart from the actual soundtrack, which is also good, but this is uh, <laughs> somehow it works. Um, next, I've got The Shin's new album, Heartworms, which I'm a bigger fan of than most people, it seems. Not many people seem to be liking it that much. Um, I've given this an 8.2, you know, because you're only a credible reviewer if you can review things point with uh, decimal points. Um, I think it's full of great melodies, interesting production and uh, song structures. It's got a really kind of breezy, happy feeling, but without feeling cheesy. There's always one of those those type of albums that gets in. Uh, one of my favourite al- albums of the year, usually last year, it was the Avalanches album, which I love because it had this kind of happy feel without being cheesy. I think it's a very difficult thing to do. And yeah, I'm a fan of this album. This is probably the first Shins album I've listened to properly in full, even though I am a fan mm, of a lot of their uh, songs. Um, after the song picks list is too long actually because I just like a lot of it I think it's really really good um, So and another one controversially that I like is the Jap- Japandroid's new album Near to the Wild Heart of Life which again a lot of people are saying is their worst one I haven't listened to any of their other stuff so maybe I should and it's a bit odd because a lot of people are criticising it for being overproduced and too by the numbers which is usually something I hate so uh, it's strange that I like this but um, I just I- think it's like um it is really heavily produced, but it still feels raw in some strange way. I don't, I can't really explain it. Um, and they just have a real knack for making you feel stuff while listening to their music. Um, you kind of get sucked in. And they kind of also manage to create, a, strangely, a sort of a great-sounding Britpop vibe, which, again, not one of my favourite genres but <laughs> on some of the songs, but I, I really like it. I like uh, the songs I'm Sorry, No Known Drink or Drug, True Love, and um, Near to the Wild Heart of Life. Um, the final album I'll give a quick mention Loyal Carney Yesterday's Gone is a really good rap album like low key um, quite almost talky unemotional delivery but um, I really like it it's quite personal it's not like uh, the type of rap album where he's going on about how fantastic he is it's more about his home life and uh, you know the influence his mum and his family have had on him and things like that it's quite personal I really like that about it quite a different rap album and finally an uh, interesting mention for because I know we've got a lot of Death Cab fans um, Wild Pink, which is by Wild Pink, which it's to me a really, really great indie rock record that manages to create some really memorable moments, despite a very understated vocal and instrumental style. Uh, it's also like an album that I keep picking up more and more from on each listen, and it's still kind of quite mysterious to me, which I really like about it. And it does have a def- definite Death Cab vibe, like early Death Cab vibe. So I think Death Cab fans should check it out, and I don't think it's getting much publicity. So right. I just to mention that. And that's cool. probably me done. Cool, right. And finally, with a quick one, it's James Cable. This second, right. Um, Josh has got something as well. Just a quick recommendation. But go. I'm just gonna quickly talk about the new Slow Dive album, which is a subtitled album. Oh, I want to listen to this. It's their first album in 22 years. Um, they're shoegaze legends. I'm hoping that I don't actually know that much about them, other than they're an old band and this is their first album. Well, for 22 years, I was hoping that someone else might know a bit more. Um, but basically, yeah, they're they're an old shoegaze band, um, and I think every shoegaze shoegaze band sort of gets uh, gets likened to My Bloody Valentine, uh, possibly their album Loveless. But I think Slow Dive probably do it best. They have this album is just it's really precise, it's really gorgeous. It's sort of showcasing production and mood and songcraft, and um, it's really thoughtful. Um, it's, there's a lot of effects, obviously, which you'd expect from a shoegaze band. Uh, it's really well produced. Um, it's quite it's quite shifting and surprising for an album and for a shoegaze sort of album. And it, the, the changes keep it interesting. Um, there's got diff- lots of different styles on there. Um, there's, there's sort of very, very shoegazy songs. And then there's more like poppy, sort of very pop songs. Um, one of the things I really like, like about Slow Dive is that 
Well, one of the things I, want, uh, I really like about Spotify is that when you listen to an album, at the end, it like carries on playing stuff from that sort of genre. And so I've sort of done that with Flowdive, and I sort of discovered them through that. And I listened to a lot of Shoegaze through that, which I really, really liked. That's so, a good feature until you listen to a clean rap album <coughs> in the classroom, and then um, it decides to put on something that's definitely not clean. Uh, <laughs> while kids while kids are coming in in the morning, something that has genuinely happened to me. Yeah, and, uh, an F bomb was, anno- was dropped, but I don't think anyone knows. It annoyed me once when I was listening to the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, and then it just played soundtrack songs, oh, which I did yeah. from soundtracks I didn't know. It was obviously a soundtrack. <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack is like actual songs from, you know. But anyway, yeah, I'll anyway, carry on. Sorry, carry on. Um, yeah, so obviously, I'd say nature metaphors come to mind when you think of shoegaze because you know, like this. The sort of the way things flow naturally in nature, I think that sort of you could apply to shoegaze. Uh, it just sort of flows and it just sort of happens. And one of my friends actually described this album. He said it's a good album to listen to when you're walking around, which I sort of liked because mm. I think I think it's yeah I think it probably is a good album to listen to when you're walking around, just because it sort of happens while you're going around. Um, but yeah, so I'll just sort of cut it short there because I haven't really written much else down. But yeah, so cool. it's a really yeah it's a really good album and. Although I've just said that it, it's really easy and just happens, they, it's clearly not easy to make and they've put a lot of work into this and yeah, it's, it's, I think it's probably a really experienced album because obviously they're an old band and you can sort of tell they've got a lot of experience and sort of gained that over the, you know, the Mature their effort. Mm. Yeah. Like and no, no sort of songs I've written down, Sugar to the Pill and Star Roving. And Star Roving is really, really good. It's got this like large, fast, like really loud, fast guitar onslaught. Like a wall of sound, like you'd expect. But yeah, it's really, really good. Right, excellent. But uh, and finally, to round this off, Josh Keefley, I believe you've got a recommendation for us. I'll be very quick. I was asked to recently to give Clive uh, my top five Rolling Stones album list, which I provided. I'll provide it for a more wider audience now and see what everybody else thinks about my selection. The Rolling Stones were the last band who I saw live. I have no intention of seeing any other live band ever again <laughs> because they were better. Uh, number one, without any doubt, Exile on Main Street. The rest of them are not in any uh, numerical order. But Sticky Fingers, Let It Bleed, Goat's Head Soup, Sun Girls. So uh, I think give those five albums a listen and um, you'll love at least one of them. I'm currently listening to Sticky Fingers and I'm a fan. Mm. Let, Let It Bleed is my favourite by quite a distance, but they're all good. I mean, all of those albums are great. Interestingly, Michael has not really listened to much Rolling Stones. I believe well, well, there's, there's a list. There's a list. To, Thank uh, you. Yeah, I'll go away. I'll listen to those five. Yeah, easy. Right. Get on it. Yeah. I uh, no I once went to a Rolling Stones concert and um, I was so far in the back. It was in Don Valley, actually, in Sheffield. Uh, there was a woman next to me who it was pouring it down, but she was reading her book. She, I don't know why on earth she'd come there, but uh, <laughs> she could claim she'd been there. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And then she went. You're not a respect. You can't review music unless you've been to. It's just like that man who went to that Fulham game there and sat in the crowd reading the Financial Times. (laughs) Yeah, he's probably an investor, right? Uh, Has anybody else (laughs) noticed that their feet is wet? Um, Yeah, I was just going to say there's a bit of a leak here. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, what kind of get the buckets? No, 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 no. But buckets isn't going to do it. The last, last, not going to do it. No, buckets aren't going to do it. It's just—it's coming in so fast. We've got no hope. Mm. Um, any, I think, any thoughts? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! What's this? I've just found a plug. It's oh! plug time. <laughs> Shit! <Here it> goes. <laughs> um, at Sticker and Podcast on Twitter, stickerandpodcast.com on the internet, stickerandpodcast at Gmail on the email. Oh, that rhymes. Email, email. I suppose it's obviously rhymes in both ends in mail. Um, <laughs> basically the same <laughs> basically the same word <laughs> instagram.com slash stick around podcast if you want to look at photos I'm going to post a picture of us three in our little coops up room in a minute when I can figure out how to do it um, patreon it? slash stick around if you want to throw money at us to help us host the website pay for listeners equipment send stuff to our uh, boat um, um, that's going to be difficult they're probably going to, no, have to no, ship it via really really boat. easy really really easy just put it inside a bottle and then chuck it in the sea It'll get to us eventually. <laughs> Guaranteed delivery. Guaranteed. Better than Royal Mail. Oh, much better. That's for, that's, that's for sure. Much better, yeah. Anyway. Amazon Prime delivery. Thank you very much for, for coming. You're welcome, Al. 
Well, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the listeners. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Thank, thank, thank you. Talking to me I'm really thank you, Clive. Out. Thank you, Clive. You've been yeah. mercurial. Um, <laughs> mercurial. What's that even mean? Anyway, thank, thank you, Josh Keefley. Thank you for having me. It's been uh, a pleasure. Me and thank, really thank you, easily. thank you, James Cable. Cheers. And thank you, Michael Johnson. Thank you. My first solo effort as a podcaster. Yeah. Yeah. In a different room. How was it? It was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Good. Anyway, like, I like the way you're not saying thanks to me, Nobed. I did say thanks to you. Just thanks to you th- first. You yeah. Oh, right. well, not right. thanking you twice. You just call me Mercurial. I still don't know what that means. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> anyway, well, it's to do with the planet Mercury, I think. All <laughs> oh, right. Is it a good planet? Anyway, we'll be back next time, I believe, with films. Yeah, uh, if everything goes to plan. We're currently on a weekly schedule. We're doing well. Cool. Happy with it. Only just yeah, over, I'm, yeah, right. Just over an hour, nice. Nice, concise. Right, thanks guys. Come back next time. See ya. Stick around. Stick around. Let's get a fucking ball. Suck my dingaling. Thank you all for listening. Rest assured that you have found the best podcast in the universe. It's Stick Around. (laughs) Sorry.